1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. I think this is honestly, I'm a good friend. It's Jim Gerard. Um, and honestly, like, I think this is going to kind of be like a Thanksgiving type episode. We're going to be talking a lot about consciousness and changing the timelines and all the, all, a lot of interesting stuff. But, you know, this is a time for everybody to reflect. And, you know, this is a holiday that isn't really surrounded by religion, which I like because you can actually kind of just like, give thanks for everything you're kind of grateful for and like kind of let go of like some of the grudges you have in life and focus on your goals. That's the way I look at it. So, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to put this out on Thanksgiving or or before that, but that's kind of like the attitude I have going into this holiday. And uh, more about my guest, Jim, he's the author of the books Dice Code Divination, Rise Rise of the New Mythic Leaders, The Hunt for Buried Treasure, and Journey to Eternity, The Singularity Adventure. Um, in the Singularity Adventure the Awakened Seeker in his journal of imagination assisted by intervision of owl magic. Um, Jim's an amazing person. He also does dice code divination for you. Like he'll read the dice and give you predict your future and, and things going on. And then he also does palm readings too. So he's very versatile and he's very well-skilled in like esoteric knowledge. So I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Jim, thank you for coming on again. How are you?
0: Good, thanks for having me on again.
1: I think this is gonna be a fun show. Um, you, you came up with a lot of good topics and uh, should I just start reading them or should I? Uh, read, or should we go over the first one? Yeah, go ahead and read them. Okay, here's number one. It says predestination and the changing of timelines. If predestination was written in stone, like some people think, you wouldn't be able to change the timeline, but you do change the timeline every day whenever you make a decision. For example, let's say you're about to head out your car and find your keys. You spend an extra two minutes looking, and then you find them. As you head down the road, you come across a head-on collision and realize that it would have been you that, if it left two minutes earlier. This change in the timeline is called providence. A massive change in the global timeline is called divine providence. Another example in one Bible code readings where they are decoded. The letters it all set on top. Will you change this? How can the timeline be changed if predestination is fixed and written in stone? Everything that happens is predestination. So in other words, it is predestined that you would change the timeline from one alternative to another alternative, fixed and written in stone and simultaneously flexible and changeable according to your strength of desire and determination. Wow, that's a lot to take in. But what do you think about what you just wrote there? What, what, what are your thoughts on can we change our timeline or is it fixed, written in stone?
0: Uh, it's actually both. But I think the the point I was trying to make here is that even though it's written in stone, which it is, whenever you change the timeline, it's predestined that you would change the timeline.
1: Yeah, so it was already written in stone that you would you would already change the timeline. So it's already, you're saying, this is this somewhere in like a soul contract or like, because here's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll let you answer that first. Is this something in a soul contract that we make before we come to this earth?
0: Yeah, there is a soul contract, but the, it's changeable and valuable and, and flexible in the sense that um, it kind of gets into Nos and damas. I want to talk about that a little bit. Like if you know what's going to happen ahead of time, this gives you some room to move around in and change the timeline. Yeah. Well, why do you think it is a lot
1: of us get stuck like in, in our positions in life, for example, me, like, you know, I, I was successful at one point then I lost it. And, uh, and then I started this podcast and I, I feel like I want it all now. I want to be successful, but maybe it's not written in my soul contract for me to be successful. Like maybe I have to learn these lessons. Does that make any
0: sense? Or, Yeah. I don't think it's possible to reach a certain level of success and just keep riding that train for the rest of your life. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's always competitors, uh, you know, you you lose what you have, you lose popularity, uh, you lose momentum, you lose everything eventually.
1: Yeah. Well, why do you, what do you mean we lose everything? Why, why do we, why, why is, is what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's just the nature
0: of the material world.
1: So, so it's, what you're saying is it's, it's hard for most people to get ahead in the material world, kind of.
0: It's, it's hard for everybody.
1: Do you think that's part of the game that we choose to come and play this game, or you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, it's you know you choose it, but um, I I kind of feel like that the secret to you know to have at least some happiness in your life is to be you know happy with what you have.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like, yeah,
1: that's that's hard to be happy happy when you have when you want want something so bad that you're like, you know, like not necessarily a material thing, but like um say you're in a relationship with someone and you can't get it to work out because of your current situations, like financial situation and stuff like that. But it also seems like it was meant to be. So you have a relationship where you feel like it's meant to be, but it's not working out because of your financial situations and stuff like that. What what do you do in that situation? If you had to guess, or do you just have to let it ride?
0: Well, in ancient times, uh, you know, the uh, the whole idea of marriage between a man and a woman, uh, it was considered sacred and holy. I don't know if it is so much today, but the way it worked back then was, you know, if the husband was loyal to the wife and the wife was loyal to the husband, they they empowered each other. And in this way, they they were both able to attain what's called God consciousness.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, but but now that doesn't happen because everything has a price tag on it. Everything is determined by money. Uh, Relationships don't last. They fall apart. It's all determined by money and dollar signs.
1: I, I hear that. It, it's it it is. And it it the, the dollar signs get in the way of having a normal relationship. They you know they yeah. uh they 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 really like the, the they it really messes things up, you know what I yeah.
0: mean? Everything's determined by a dollar signs.
1: Yeah, that and that's a shame that it's like that. Let me ask you this: like what what did we when we went over this this first thing you called you talked about divine providence and then these bible code readings like what were what is divine providence first off and then what were the bible code readings that
0: you found okay providence is you know this type of thing that happens when uh you know you can't find your car keys and then you find them and then you go out on the highway and you see this head on collision and you realize that could have been you if you had left two minutes earlier that's that's what you would think of as the, the minor mysteries okay but then there's the major mysteries, which is divine providence, which is basically the same thing as divine intervention, and that's something I I think we're about to witness right now. What? Why? What, in what? In what situation? In what situation? Uh, if you look at just everything that's going on in the world right now, the the chaos and the violence and <laughs> the, the uncertainty, I think especially is probably the the biggest element of it all is just being totally uncertain i mean even even myself you know i find myself just you know my head's been spinning lately just trying to figure out who's telling the truth and what's going on
1: i know it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to i mean me being a skeptic like it's I i have all kinds of people on my show but it's hard to like um, believe every single person. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm not saying anybody's lying or anything like that. It just seems like it's like it's very hard to, um, you, you you know what I'm trying to say,
0: right? Yeah. Like, so what, what about these Bible code readings? Like, what were those? Okay, uh, I don't know if you know the whole story about the the book, the Bible code. Uh, the, the way they discovered the the codes was uh, somebody noticed every fiftieth letter put together spelt the word Torah and then by the time they had computers they could access thousands of letters and um you know so they asked questions they got predictions and they got all these sort of disaster type of prophecies and predictions and on top of one of the readings it said will you change this
1: what do, you, what do you what do you mean? We, we, so like it's up to us to change the material world.
0: Yeah, it, and this sort of brings in Nostradamus, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. The The reason it says, "Will you change this?" is because by knowing about it, you know, if the collective mind knows about it, they can stop all of these disastrous things that were predicted by Nostradamus. But what happened instead was. Nostradamus as- Nas- was an astronomical failure. Why? why do you say that? okay the the intentions of Nostradamus was to educate the collective mind to understand that collectively they could stop all these disasters, but they never realized it.
1: Yeah. who do you think uh, who do you think was better as far as predictions? Do you think Edgar Casey
0: or Nostradamus? It it's not so much who was better and whether or not they they were able to predict accurately. They they both they were both very accurate on on lots and lots of predictions. But but the thing is is the the reason Nostradamus became so famous was because he failed to teach the collective mind that they had the ability to stop these disasters. And, and let me
1: ask you this. Do you think those disasters tie into like what Jason talks about that? I, I don't know if you follow Jason too, but the, the archaics where he talks about that Phoenix phenomenon that happens every 138 years. Do, do you know about that? And like, what do you think about, it? do you think that, that that'd be a sign for us to try to change that?
0: I I did see the archaics, uh interview. It was, it's was a really good one, but um, I'm not sure if I remember exactly what you're referencing. What
1: what he talks about is he talks about that there's this Phoenix phenomenon that happens every 138 years. He's tracked it. You know, and supposedly it's like a disaster, a cataclysm, and that's why we've had so many and he's tracked this and it's happened somewhere around the world every 138 years. He said it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hit everywhere all the time, but it does hit some places and it it causes a lot of problems. That's why I was asking like do you think that these, these codes are related for us to stop these disasters,
0: like somehow? I, I think what he's describing is one cycle of time, which keeps repeating over and over again. But the thing about this period of history that we're in right now is that there are numerous time cycles that are all coinciding and ending all at the same time.
1: Do you think we're, I was wondering about this. Like I get a lot of weird deja vu and, and not just deja vu, but I get like weird, like synchronicities, um, that like, I feel like I've done this before, you know, like I, I, I've talked about this before. I, I don't, I think that like, not that I've just had past lives, but I think I've done this life before, like this exact life. I think I've lived this before. Like, do you think that's possible? that we've actually done this life before as well, and maybe we come back to get this right?
0: Boy, that's a good question, because uh, just recently um, I, I, I got some insights about suicide. And what you were saying about suicide was that if a person takes his or her own life, then they have to come back and, reincarnate and repeat that exact life over again exactly the way it was the first time until they get the they get the lesson
1: so do you think this is part of the trap or do you think we're in do you do you think we're in a reincarnation trap
0: you know uh i'm given a lot of thought to um you know all of the stuff that's going around on the internet about reincarnation and i'm i'm sort of trying to uh integrated into what I know about what the, the the Vedic scriptures say about reincarnation. And I think there might be some truth to this idea that there's a machine or something on Saturn that's putting out a frequency, and that frequency is being relayed to Earth from the moon. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: I, I what's weird was that, you know, I called this out, like when that full moon was happening, things got really weird. Like, things got like bizarrely strange like I was at work people were acting like out of character at work like not just like my coworkers, but like people that came in the store they were acting like very bizarre people were doing really weird things like like almost like insane things like like you would look at them and be like okay that person's insane but then I realized like I was having problems in my my relationships and my friends and like it seemed like everything I did was going wrong like and I think we talked about this. Was that you who said that like when the moon is like that, it's more electricity? Is that why? No, it must have been someone else. Oh, okay. Well, What are your thoughts on why things go wacky when there's a full moon? Is it because of that frequency from Saturn?
0: Well, the, the, the full moon has an, an influence for sure. But um, I, I think what's happening right now is um, it, the whole system is breaking down. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the the entire electrical grid went out and there was no electricity for uh, who knows how long, but I, I believe that's going to happen. And, and uh, the other thing is uh, that the population is also going down as well. But is that just from like regular death or what? No, it's not regular deaths. What is it? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the political stuff, but. You know, besides the political part of it, there's also um, you know, the, the earth itself, the, the consciousness of the earth is, is having like a rebirth type of phenomena happening there. And, and the earth is uh, sort of reacting to this rebirth by having earthquakes and tornadoes and floods and all these other things.
1: Do you think the Earth is trying to like re- renew itself to where it gets rid of the, some of the old and brings in the new?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it.
1: And are we part of that? Like, would you say we're the new or the old? Or like, like,
0: what's what's our role in that? We, in, in a sense, I think you know, as far as consciousness goes, we're at the center of it. Yeah. So what does that mean for us? Like, well, I mean. It, it sort of goes both ways like uh, our thoughts have an effect on the universe and the universe has an effect on our thoughts yeah so that it's actually going both ways yeah
1: so that's interesting um let's mo- I'll move on to uh, part two of where we're over on I, I, uh in part two you wrote the future does not exist it, it hasn't happened yet, so it doesn't exist. Some, what So what happens when you time travel into the future? Why is there a matrix there just like here? When you arrive in the future, time zone, a vacuum is created. That vacuum is filled in with thoughts from your subconscious mind. It pulls those thoughts so quickly that the matrix immediately and instantaneously appears, leaving the impression that the hologram was there before you arrived. Wow, that's deep. Can you explain that?
0: Yeah, there is no future,
1: and so the future is determined beyond. Uh, the future is determined on what decisions we make, right?
0: You you would think so, but if if you really think about the fact that there's no future, uh, uh, I wanted to bring up this comment that Sean Morton made when we interviewed him. I don't know if you remember this, but. They did a time travel experiment. Remember that part, right? Yeah. Okay, there was this other guy that was involved, okay? And after the time travel experiment, the guy grabbed Sean Morton by the collar and he pulled him right up to his nose and he said, there's no future.
1: So that would have to mean that we create
0: it, right? We, We create it. Uh, it doesn't exist. So, you know, like, and the, the very last segment of, um, you know, Back to the Future Part Three, where uh, you know uh, Doc Brown shows up with, in the train, and then uh, Marty McFly's girlfriend sh- shows him the paper and says, "the the words on the paper disappeared. Why did that happen?" And Doc Brown says, "The future hasn't happened yet, so make it a good one." That's perfect. That's I mean it's uh so that's what we kind of have to do, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to explain another uh, another idea about this thing about the future and the past. Okay. We have this idea that we're in the present and that we're moving towards the future. Okay, but we're not moving towards the future because there is no future. Yeah, we're moving towards the past how why does that how does that make sense? I don't understand. okay, think about it this way. Every single thought that you have is based on a memory of some other thought,
1: yeah, so our, our reality is based on our our well, then what's creating reality then to go even deeper what is what is creating this reality? Is it consciousness? Yes and would you say like consciousness is like a or what you know our brains are like a kind of like a modem or transmitter for consciousness and and that's what forms our thoughts
0: i I want to tell you about a book that was put out by uh, the transcendental meditation society and the, the book was put out by maharishi Mahesh yogi okay you hardly ever hear about this book And the cost of the book was about $5,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I happened to hear about it because I worked at a Maharishi center. Yeah. Okay, they told me a couple of details about the book. Okay? What they told me was that located inside the back of your head is Ganesh. Okay? In the front, you have Krishna and his wife, Radharani. And there are different parts of your brain and your head where these godhead deities exist within inside you.
1: How could the godheads exist inside everybody? Is it
0: because it's a it's a we're a fractal of it, maybe? Well, it they can exist inside you in the same way that your consciousness exists inside your body. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, so one of those deities is Brahma, the creator. The Brahma, the creator, is inside you. Brahma Brahma created the universe. Yeah. So if Brahma is inside you, and he's the creator of the universe, you know, there you go. It means we can create too, right? Exactly. We are creating.
1: We're co-creators of this reality, right? Yeah, we're we're co-creating every minute.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. That's so yeah, interesting. Well, every minute, you know, it's like it goes back to this idea of changing the timeline and making decisions. Okay? Like for some reason you're living where you're living now. And you know, a few months ago you were living somewhere else. Yeah. But the timeline has been changed.
1: Yeah, but I mean it seems like the timeline changed. It seems like it's, it seems like certain things happen for a reason, you know, and I don't, I don't, I can't figure that out. Why certain things happen. Like, um, I don't know. I don't want to say relationships, but that, that's, what's on my mind. Like, why do you think certain things happen? Like why we meet certain people and like, uh, is that like destiny then? Like
0: why we're meant to meet certain people and like certain things happen. Okay. Every person that you come in contact with, you had some sort of relationship in a previous life
1: so then what's the goal in this life just to try to sort things out or, or try to build on what said someone
0: had in the past life the, the whole idea is to uh, balance out all these karmic reactions that were caused in previous lives like like for example um, in a previous life someone may have saved your life you know from dying okay but in this life which is a sort of a repeat of the previous life you wind up saving that person's life yeah that's so interesting yeah it's it's like a karmic debt yeah wow by by saving that person's life you pay off that karmic debt and you go back to the balance point
1: how do we know when we've paid off all our karma or is it impossible to do do you think they make it so it's impossible
0: no it it is possible but um can be a very long drawn out process I mean
1: is that what we should be focusing on like like trying to clear our karma to to melt
0: move- well, yeah yeah that's part of it but um you you know you really can't you know encapsulate the whole idea just like into one small idea like balancing your karma is just part of it
1: yeah that's so interesting it makes me think like uh is that why every interaction happens like is that what we're meant to be like too like it's so it's a learning school or a game that we're in and we're in like some kind of matrix a holographic reality and then we have karmic ties that we built in past lives and it makes me think that like maybe those were placed there for a reason like that what the, it seems like—it's hard to 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 get out of this thing. Like what, when, and what I was gonna say is like, what are your thoughts on where we go when we do get out of here? Like, if we ever leave the matrix, what happens?
0: Boy, these are, these are really interesting questions. <laughs> um, I I think the basic basic rule of thumb is that uh, good people go to good places. And you know, evil people go to bad places. But uh, you know, one one thing about uh, atheism, I, I wanted to bring up. I might have mentioned this before. Uh, there were heavenly planets for atheists. What do you What do you mean? What, what, so, so like, can, you, can you explain a little bit? Yeah. Let Let's say an atheist is a good person. You know, very thoughtful, kind respectable to everybody who just doesn't believe in god okay so when a person like that dies they go to a heavenly planet because of their goodness but the heavenly planet that they go to doesn't have god in it doesn't have religion there's nothing spiritual yeah so
1: what happens then do we know or like what, what? They, they, they live in a heavenly planet
0: for thousands of years
1: and then what, what happens to the rest of us? Do we go to other planets as well?
0: Yeah, we go to different planets according to our
1: karma. According to what? Karma. Oh, according to karma. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that would make sense. I, 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 I like that. Um, is, So is there anywhere, anything else? Oh, so what, oh, when you talk about the vacuum, what's the vacuum that, that forms from our from thoughts from our subconscious mind?
0: Okay, when you when you step into the future, like if you time travel, you're you're stepping into like a like a ground zero where is there's, there's nothing there. Okay, and that's what creates the vacuum. So, th- th- in order to fill up the vacuum, there are certain thought forms that have to be drawn upon to to create the hologram that you're stepping into. Yeah. So, you know, your subconscious is where those thought forms are. And that's where the vacuum takes what it needs to create the hologram for you to step into a future time.
1: That's so interesting. Um, That makes sense. So is it possible to time travel, would you say, with our our mind, like uh, in meditation? Can we step into the future with
0: meditation? Yeah. uh, I don't know much about that, but I've heard other people say you can do that
1: yeah i mean it seems like we we we, it would it would make sense if time isn't linear you know if, if we're experiencing all this at once if we're experiencing if the soul has like multiple fractals of it and the soul's experiencing different things at times like for example i could have a life where i'm living in the disco era or i'm living in the the muscle car era uh the 50s or you know 60s or something and uh and then maybe a part of me is living in uh you know World, World War II or or, or the, the Civil War um do you do you think that's why we get like random deja
0: vus and stuff I I'm not sure if the the deja vu thing is connected to uh time traveling into the past um uh, I I know that uh, deja vu is something that happens every once in a while where your consciousness, steps into eternity for about 10 seconds. And what does that mean for us? Like, and how do we recognize it? Well, the Deja Vu uh, consciousness is a, a primal source of uh, knowing or, uh, you know, it's a, it's a source of consciousness, but it's a source of consciousness where you've always been. You've been there for eternity. You've always been there. Yeah. That's why when you have a déjà vu, everything looks familiar. That that's why you know the joke on déjà vu is, uh, you know, been there and done that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that I like that. Yeah. yeah, been there and done that. Yeah, I like that. That's funny. Um, so the third thing you wrote down was the sun, stars, and moon have all heavenly bodies are actually dimensional frequencies, and the measurements we use in terms of distance on how much light speed it would take to get there is completely irrelevant the shortest distance between two points isn't a straight line the shortest distance between two points is no distance you would be not be traveling at a great distance to get there instead you would tune into the dimensional frequency of that heavenly body and transcend the distance to make the dimensional leap from your frequency to that frequency that's interesting i like that so you're saying like we can travel to the moon we just have to be on the frequency of the moon
0: Yeah, I mean, you could leap there from frequency to frequency or, you know, you can do what Elon Musk is doing and build a great big tin can and put some gas in it and and go flying through space for the next, uh, who knows how many months or years it takes to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that. I was thinking that that's all like a front because like, You know, I mean, we know the secret space program exists. So why they even have this other space program boggles my mind. Like, and I'm wondering what Elon thinks he's going to see once he gets up there, because like, I guarantee you, he's going to be surprised about what he actually sees. You know, I mean, because as far as we know, space is populated with, you know, with uh, ships that we have from the secret space program, TR3Bs. I mean, that's kind of off the topic. But what do you think about that? I think he's already been there. Yeah, Yo, you think he's already went?
0: Yeah, he's already been there. Do you think he's he's starting a colony on Mars or something? Boy, it's, it's, it's hard to say because, uh, you know, what he's doing and what NASA is doing is just, uh, it's a big distraction. Yeah, from what's really going on, right? Yeah, they're still using gas inside of, you know, metal canisters to fly through space meanwhile we
1: have the anti-gravity technology we've had it for a long time but they won't release yeah, it. All,
0: that, all that nasa stuff is all practically uh stone age
1: yeah that's interesting
0: so um how do we tune in
1: do, do you know more about this how do we tune into these frequencies to go to other places and like mentally I guess that would be like a mental or an astral jump there. Would you transfer to these places in your astral body using that frequency
0: or using a frequency? Yeah, you can do it that way. Uh, There's some natural portals that are created by nature, uh, which are probably the safest way to go. And then there's some artificial ones that are created by technology. And
1: what, what, how did you find out about
0: this? What, how do we find these portals? Well, uh, a lot of the portals, um, well, I don't know if I should say this, but, um, <clears throat> well, it's already been talked about. You know, the, the Stargates, for example, that there was a Stargate in Iraq.
1: Yeah. And that's why we went there, supposedly, right? That's why we
0: went there. That's my point. Yeah. That's uh, so kind it's... of a sensitive issue. I, I don't know if I want to. No, it's fine. We can talk about that. It seems like
1: that's why they went there to uh to get to gain access to that Stargate, right?
0: Right. It, you know, if you control the the Stargate, uh, you know, you're controlling whoever's coming in to this planet.
1: For the Stargate. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Like, do you think that, that that Stargate's been active for a while? And do you think that Stargate takes you to like other country or other other planets? Uh, and like wh- what do we know that it's actually verified? Do you think it's actually verified?
0: There there was some um, there was some things that uh Saddam Hussein was was going to release to the whole world. Um, you know, he was saying that he was the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he had some uh, some insights about the historical um, history of of the Earth, and was going to release it to the whole world.
1: Yeah, he uh, he had Enki on his dollar bill. Did you know that he had? A, I didn't know that he had an Anunnaki figure on the back of his dollar bill. So he knew what was going on. And what's interesting is, uh, I've had—I don't know if you saw this episode—I had uh, Donnie Buswell on my show. He was a, uh, uh, I think he was a Marine. He was stationed in Iraq, and he got to see the old Babylon, like that supposedly Saddam Hussein was restoring. He said not a lot of guys were interested in it and his uh, in his group or whatever. But he said he did get to see, like, the the old Babylon, like, you know, which is all covered in lapis lazuli, and uh, supposedly Saddam was restoring that because, like, he felt like a connection to the history, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I do know that uh, he had a coin printed that had his profile, and behind his profile was Nebuchadnezzar.
1: Wow. And what, what do you think the significance of
0: that is? What, who was Nebuchadnezzar? Um, I don't know a lot about him, but uh, I believe he was a, a character from, from the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, if you think about the like, characters, uh, I can't remember what was his name, but some someone built the, uh, who was it who built the
0: Tower of Babel? Um, do you remember that? I'm trying to think about yeah. of... um, it. I, I know a little bit about it. Probably not enough to comment on it. I'm trying to think of who that was. Like, um, but I was thinking maybe he
1: did something similar to that. Like, that he was a uh, you know, um, that he was he was trying to rebuild the Tower of Babel. To to get out of this matrix, like, maybe it was a, uh, maybe it was something like that. What do you? Th- I'm looking at the Tower of Babel incident now. I'm trying to think of who was a. Uh, Who was the, um, oh, it was Nimrod. Nimrod. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was involved in the Tower of Babel. Yeah, that's right. So I wonder if Nimrod was Nebuchadnezzar. Or
0: was that that two different people? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I I have a friend in Europe that um, he had had some type of a vision. And uh, he seemed a little shocked by it. And what he was telling me was that Nimrod is about to return. Why does he say that? That's interesting. That's what he saw in the vision. Wow.
1: So I wonder what happened to Nimrod and why he would be coming back now. Did
0: he say why or anything like that? No, uh, didn't give me a lot of details, just what he saw. Oh, I, I love this. I wanted
1: to get into your fourth point here. Well, you have five points, by the way. This is a this is a good one. I think this is a good talking point. You, and here you wrote, there are no states of higher consciousness. If someone tries to convince you to raise your vibration to a higher state, you're being misled by some new age con artist. There's even some con artists who will try to sell you some snake oil and make you think if you drink the snake oil, you will be part of the 5D ascension process. If there was such a thing as higher state of consciousness, whose consciousness is it? Is it yours? How can yours be in a higher state? The state of consciousness that you are in is always the same, never higher or lower. It changes or fluctuates. But before we interfere in this, I I would—the only thing I disagree with about this is—I think we can expand our consciousness, and we do. Like the more we learn about stuff and we research, doesn't that expand our consciousness? That does put us in a higher state of consciousness. No. Why? I mean, it, would, it makes sense because I I feel like since I've been researching, I'm a lot more open to things. You
0: know, if, if, if your consciousness was leaping from where it is to something higher, but what, what what is what is the something higher? It's somebody else's consciousness. It's not yours. It's something else. It's higher. So you're saying we can achieve higher states of consciousness. No, there is no higher states of consciousness. So what is it then that we are experiencing? Your your consciousness is the same all the time. What changes is your experience.
1: Yeah, but you you feel like you can definitely raise your frequency, right, and change. No.
0: No, you're not raising your frequency. How do you know that? I mean, your consciousness is eternal. It stays the same okay it's fixed you know you're always hearing all these people these new ages talking about raising your vibration and getting yourself ready for the 5d ascension
1: i don't agree with that i don't think we're in we're going to send to some 5d thing but i do think we can raise our frequency and vibration and it can change our lives like And to a certain degree like because light things are based on frequency and vibration like everything's vibration
0: you know now your consciousness doesn't get higher it stays the same yeah what what changes is your perception and your experience and your, your mind does expand okay but your mind expands from a fixed point so what, what, what's controlling that and what what makes
1: that the way what, why do you say that It it's just the way nature is designed and okay and then i'll continue reading here it says another person may be in a higher state of consciousness but that person is someone else not you the idea of a higher state of consciousness is duality and separation it divides your thinking and by mind just by deception making you think there is a Something higher and better, and you're thinking your mind is deficient, immature, and experienced, but not spiritual enough. More new age BS thinking. You want right. to right
0: exactly.
1: Okay, so I I get it. I kind of get it, but in a way, I say I feel like we can like change our frequency and better our lives. You know, but you're just saying that's the experience. It's not you're raising your con. You're not expanding your consciousness. Your
0: consciousness can can expand your your frequency changes but who you are your consciousness remains fixed that's pretty interesting it doesn't change it's absolute and it's fixed that that's why they say that spirit soul is eternal there, there's no death yeah that the body dies but the spirit soul goes on for eternity
1: yeah and then you said the idea of a higher state of consciousness is duality and separation. That's right.
0: Because and, 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 we live in a world of duality, right? Right. As, as soon as you start thinking that there's this other state of consciousness other than the one that you're in, it puts you in a state of duality and separation. It makes you think there's something else out there that you should know about. Yeah. But you already know everything.
1: Yeah, and and why do we know that? Is it because it's already in like the Akashic records
0: or whatever? No, it's because it's it's the nature of the spirit soul. Can you explain that a little bit? It's yeah. One of the qualities of the spirit soul is that it's eternal. Yeah, it it can't be destroyed.
1: Like yeah, because they say that energy can't be created or destroyed; it just transfers. Energy.
0: That's right. There, there's no death. There's, there's no destruction of the soul. Yeah, it's it's eternal. Do you think we've
1: had like proof that we that we have a soul for sure? Like, do you, if you look at like NDEs and OBEs, would you say that our soul is definitely there? If there's proof that there
0: is no soul.
1: No, I well, I was going to say that because I okay, like I was just thinking about this. I've, I I've had people I've talked to people before where they said that they had a death experience and they just went out and they saw nothing. And until they woke back up and then they came back alive. And that kind of scared me because that made me think, well, is there no soul or, or are we just being misled? That's why I wanted to try to have out of body experiences so bad, because I felt like if I had an out of body experience, then I could prove to myself that there was a soul. But I mean, I kind of had an out of body experience once or twice, but I don't know what triggers that. I don't know if that's uh, our consciousness or, or or if that's like the brain Doing something that because maybe the brain's amazing and we don't know everything that it can do.
0: Yeah, it's not a one size fits all kind of answer. Like, yeah, it's it's different for each person. Like, if somebody actually believes that there's nothing after death and then they die, what they walk into and what they experience is nothing, they experience the nothingness.
1: Is it because we're going back to this? Is it because we're co creators of this reality? So we even create
0: our afterlife. Yeah. And the whole idea of it, the afterlife is, is, is also a concept.
1: Yeah.
0: There's no death and there's no afterlife. Yeah. And there's no higher states of consciousness either. So, what is the whole purpose of being here then? Like, to, to remember. To remember past lives or what? To remember it all, everything. Yeah. Every, every Everything is connected like glue by memory. Yeah. Without memory, there's no consciousness. I like that. That's interesting.
1: And then I'm just going to go to your last point here. It says... The truth narrative is no better than the false narrative. When the truth narrative becomes official, things in the world will change drastically. There's not enough chaos and destruction right now for things to change. In order for divine intervention to happen, the conditions must be just right and it will happen at the precise perfect moment. The phenomena is structured similar to the prime directive where there can be no interference in the evolution of a species. The phenomena of divine intervention is completely energetic in nature. It involves the geomagnetic field of the earth the level of the collective mind cycles of time coming to an end. Uh, the return of the godhead deities, demigods, and ascended masters, wizards, and oracles is a factor, but it's not the number one factor.
0: Okay, can you explain all that? Yeah, the divine intervention is something that's about to happen, but it's not going to happen until uh the crisis gets to the point where you're totally backed into a corner. You know, I'm talking about, you know, every person on the planet.
1: Do you think you mean like that's like something like that, that there might be a war or something that, that causes people to, um, and do you think divine intervention might happen with that?
0: A, the war would just be one element of the big picture.
1: What is going on in the big picture? Would you say?
0: Uh, there's so much I I can't describe it in a sentence
1: yeah well well, I'm trying to think okay she says that you say the phenomenon of divine intervention is completely energetic in nature and involves the geomagnetic field of the earth can you talk
0: about that yeah I mean we're connected to the the stars and the sun and the moon and all the, the heavenly bodies through our thoughts and through the Geomagnetic field. I mean, we were talking about this earlier where, uh, you know, it brings up this idea of not only changing the timeline, but creating reality with your thoughts. Yeah. But we're sending these thoughts out into the spectrum and it's vibrating the spectrum. And at the same time that all these heavenly bodies are vibrating and causing. Um, you know, agitation within our minds as well.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Um, So what does that mean for us? Like, what what is this divine intervention going to do for us eventually? Is it going to be divine intervention on the whole part of the collective? Yes. And like, what do you see happening?
0: Well, um, I think one thing that would, would be really good is if the the electrical grid just went down completely. Then we wouldn't be able to communicate with each other. Right. But that would be a good thing because the system itself would collapse. Do you think that's what needs to happen? I think it's going to happen, but I don't think that the grid going down would be considered to be divine intervention. Yeah i think it's just one of the things that that could happen but but divine intervention is is sort of like a like an astronomically large energetic event that happens to every single person on the on the planet at the same time
1: that's interesting um and and then you also say in order for the divine intervention to happen the conditions must have to be just right and it will happen at the precise perfect moment
0: right but it's not happening right now because the chaos and the destruction hasn't reached a high enough level
1: yeah but you think we definitely will see this in our lifetime i i think so That's interesting. That's so interesting. And then you said the last thing we have here is the return of the godhead deities, demigods, and ascended masters, wizards, and oracles is a factor.
0: Can you talk about that? It's a factor, but it's not the number one factor because of the the fact that uh, you don't want to start becoming emotionally dependent on the return of a savior.
1: Yeah. That's interesting because uh, but okay, sorry. I'm trying to think of what I was going to say to that. Um, the level of the collective mind evolution the relationship between the earth and the sun and all the rest of the heavenly bodies in the solar system is coming to an end, you say.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, did you get this in a reading or what?
0: No, it just uh, you know the, the, these are ideas that are, that are out there. You know, a lot of people are saying a lot of the same thing and when when you hear a lot of people saying the same thing there has to be something to it
1: so does you think that the earth is kind of recycling itself yes that's probably the best way to put it that's what it seems like right
0: yeah I, I'm not really sure about this uh this division of the earth into like four or five different planets and uh you know the ones that watch Football and drink beer, go to one planet, and then the spiritual people go to a heavenly planet that's called Earth, and then there's these sort of in between planets for people that can't make up their mind.
1: Yeah, that's so. This has all been so interesting. Was there anything else you want to cover before we finish up for tonight?
0: Yeah, I wanted to let you know that um, I'm I'm thinking about giving a course in acupuncture. Oh, that
1: would be cool. Are you, uh, you know what? I can, uh, I can, I can help you promote it on my channel. Like I'm helping other people, you know, I have affiliates, like, you know, like, you know, like I have one, like Deborah Moffat. like I I can tell the, the, the audience now, like you guys can look in the description of this video. If you guys want a reading from Deborah Moffitt, she's given a 10% off discount code with the code TSP typical skeptic podcast 2023. And that link will be in the description. I hate to bother people with promos and stuff like that. That's why I never announce it, but we can do something like that. I I have her, I can announce your stuff too. Um, is that what something you wanna do? You wanna give a course in acupuncture?
0: Well, uh, let me explain to you what this type of acupuncture uh, actually is. Uh, you know, there's acupuncture with needles and then there's acupuncture with, uh, you know, massage. And the type of acupuncture that I do is with temperature. How do you do it? I use ice for some and heat for others.
1: And what and how do you do? You, so you, would you have to? You obviously have to do these in person.
0: Um, I I used to practice. There's only twenty people in the world that do this type of acupuncture. But what happened was. Um, Twenty years ago, the government outlawed it, and now I'm not able to uh, practice, but I can, I can teach it because I'm not having any kind of direct physical contact with anybody. But wh- why did they outlaw it? Well, you know, they don't want people getting healed.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, that that, that is that's, that seems like the that that seems like the the way things are going here, right?
0: Yeah. See, like, um, this science is called acu-systems. And what acu-systems means is that you take the acupuncture charts, which shows you all the points on the body, and they have, a, you know, the front, the back, and the side. And then there's another set of uh, charts that show you uh, the symptoms for each point in the body. And some you use ice, and some you use heat. Yeah, that's so interesting. And then, yeah, you know, like like for example, if you had a a toothache, you would take um, you could take like a cone incense, and you could place the cone incense like right near your ear over here, and then there's several other points in your body. You could put heat on all these different points for for a toothache or an earache. And the, the, heat, the heat would draw off the excess energy that's causing the, the earache or the toothache. That's so interesting. That's that's so interesting. Like, I've never heard of this before. Well, like I said, there's only 20 people in the world that do it. Yeah. Like, you know, I was telling somebody about it a couple of weeks ago. And she said, oh, I'm going to look that up online. I said, you're not going to find it online. Wow. It doesn't exist online. No, nobody knows about it. I think.
1: When uh, you know, I think this would be a really good idea for you to. Am I muted? Yeah. No, you're okay. Okay. Um, I think this would be a really good idea. I can help you promote it. You know, because I think it would help people. It would help heal people. That's what
0: I'd like to do. Yeah. The thing is, is they they can. Uh, You know, once they learn the alarm points, which is, you know, some points in the body where you you can't use heat, uh, once you learn those alarm points, the rest of it is fairly easy. And what do you do from that point? Well, you, you know, you become familiar with all the different meridian points in the body and what the symptoms are that are related to those points.
1: That's so interesting.
0: Yeah, like you can go online and you can get an acupuncture meridian chart, okay? You you could show it on a podcast, okay? And then we can talk about the points on the front of the body and then talk about the points in the back of the body. And then there's a side view and then show the uh, acupuncture points that tell you all the symptoms for each point. We
1: should do that. We should do a show on that.
0: Yeah, cool. I was thinking it would be a good idea because, you know, I'm not I'm not having any physical contact with anybody, so I'm I'm not treating anybody. I'm just saying, you know, here's here's a knowledge of the Acu systems that is not available to anybody. Yeah, and does this does this removing this energy heal other physical ailments that people have? Yes. You know, depending on the person. Yeah. The more more deeply rooted it is, uh, the longer it takes to uh, root it out and balance it. That's so interesting. Um, I I learned the method from uh, uh, an American Indian shaman from Arizona. His name is Khoi Shen. That's so cool. When did you meet him? Like just throughout your travels in life? Uh, I met him uh, here where I live in the mid seventies. I took the course around nineteen seventy seven, and uh, I I did some practice for a while. But like I said, the the government outlawed it. Wow, that's crazy! I you know that, it is, I think we should definitely do it. I think that would give people, people would be interested in that too. I yeah, wanna I a, lot of, you, a lot of people would benefit from knowing. Like especially earaches and toothaches are very easily reversed with heat. Yeah, that's so. This is so cool. Um, yeah, the the sympathetic nerves that exist in the head area are very sensitive, and uh, it's very easy to get a toothache or an earache, but it's also very easy to reverse it because of the sensitivities of those nerves that are in your head
1: yeah i i don't know nothing about this this is this is so interesting like so what what all can be healed with acupuncture like what what all can you i mean like what have you seen like have you seen like miraculous stuff
0: uh i don't know if you should be saying that that the the system heals anybody because that's kind of like an absolute statement
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was just, it was just, people can just learn it and see if it does anything to themselves. Yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah, like, like one time I was in the, the higher Christian temple and um, this friend of mine was having some pain and I told him about the uh, heat treatments and uh, he, he let me do a heat treatment and it was like, like right here on the face area. Which uh, you know, like right here is a gallbladder point, and uh, he he didn't believe it was going to do anything, but uh, the next morning he woke up and he approached me and he said, "Hey, it actually did work."
1: That's insane! That's so You know,
0: he was he was he was floored by it. He said, "I feel much better. It actually worked."
1: Yeah. Wow. This is this has been amazing stuff. I'm gonna try to put this out either tonight or before Thanksgiving. Can you tell guys, like if you guys want any uh stuff, like I have a, a bunch of like uh, pins, uh, stickers, uh, uh, patches, all kinds of gear uh, that have my podcast name on it. You guys can email me if you want that. And Jim, like t- tell them where they can find you. Um, if you if they want a palm reading or a dice code divination and thank you for doing this this was awesome
0: yeah the uh, the link to my Facebook page is is the best one I'll, I'll put that in the description yeah that's the best one okay and I also want to mention you know now that we've been talking in this sort of dialogue uh, I I really think your channel is uh, gaining some good momentum I, I mean you you know you've had a lot of good guests a lot of good a lot of good dialogue a lot of good perspectives i i think it's really moving in a real good direction right now
1: oh thanks i'm trying you know i i really am i, I it's it's a uh, it's tough i had a bunch of people cancel today but you know i i uh, or just they had to reschedule i think it's cuz of the holidays you know yeah. i mean it's it's a wacky time for people you know like it's, yeah, uh, it's- it's weird you know so i i mean i don't mind though because like things happen people always have to reschedule but i mean like we i did get some good ones in recently i think like i think uh definitely so yeah thanks for noticing that i i thought you would like a couple of them i I like the one on the secret space program a lot you know with with that peter four guy like because i think that kind of shows that we actually have a secret space program you know, people talk a lot about do we have one? There's the evidence right there that we have the anti gravity technology. And, you know, he provided all the links for that stuff too. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it seems like it's, it's, it's really exists. Yeah.
0: They, they probably just canceled because they were
1: busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not a big deal. Um, but, um, yeah. Do you
0: want me, do you want to give your email too in case people want to get a hold of you that way? Um, I, I, I think the, the my email is usually uh, listed along with my uh, Facebook link. Okay. Okay. So I'll just put that in. The, I'll put it in the description.
1: And uh, th- this was awesome. Thanks for doing this again. I'll send you a link when I post it.
0: Yeah. I, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go on the acupuncture site and I'm going to pick like the best uh, systems charts that I can find. And then I'll send them to you. And
1: then we can go from there. Yeah, yeah. Let's do I can, I can,
0: I can. We can make a a
1: slideshow and put it together. And uh, all right, I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to hit record. I'm going to stop recording. That way. All right. Uh, have a good night, guys. But stay on, Jim. I'll talk to you in a second.